Welcome back to another episode of Power Players Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Carter Jr., aka M. Carter. And this is a special, this is a special guest, man. I'm so thrilled and excited to have this man on. Uh, you, you can't you can't imagine the feeling right now. God is so good. He's been blessing me with some great, great retired NBA players. And this retired professional basketball player is a power player, nicknamed the X-Man. That's right. A first round fourth overall pick in the 1985 draft selected by Seattle Supersonics. Versatile player. Played the three and four positions scoring at will, averaging a 15 to 20 point scorer. He didn't back down from anyone he defended. He was the X factor with the Sonics, Suns, Knicks, Celtics, and my beloved Nets. A power player on the court. His impact and legacy in the 80s and 90s are undeniable. And he's a Wichita State legend. Please welcome my special guest, Xavier McDaniels. X. Thank you for having me here. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for joining me on this. I really appreciate this, man. I know you got a hectic schedule and you just came back from an injury. How you feeling, man? Man, I feel better now. <laughs> hey, hey, about 10 days, 12, about 12 days ago, man, I was feeling it, man. Uh, uh, a freak accident, just sitting down and trying to get up and one of my testicles got caught. I had some boxes on and man, that was some excruciating pain. Ooh. I'm better now. Oh, yeah, I know, because when I spoke to you, you sounded like you were still in a little pain, but yeah. you were covering. So, you know, I appreciate you. Um, you know, thank you. I, I'm glad you're better. And thank you for taking the time out to speak to me, man. Anytime, anytime. So we, we got some memories, man. I mean, when I was a ball boy with the New Jersey Nets um, in the 90s and you came, you were um, before that. Now, before that, how did you get into basketball? What motivated you to get into basketball? Uh, growing up, me and my friends, we always played football, baseball, basketball, and baseball was just about every kid loved in the 70s. That's what we love to do. We love to play baseball. Hank Aaron, Roberto Clemente. I mean, you name all them. Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, Reggie Jackson. Mm -hmm. So we all just grew up idolizing baseball players, and things started happening to me. My body started changing. And I started getting tall. And now I don't want to play football. I still got the love for baseball, but I'm not playing it as much. And I'm all my time is being playing, playing basketball. You know, um, in high school, in middle school, I was about 5'10". Wow. By the time I got to high school, I was 6'1". Wow. By the end of my freshman year, I was 6'4". I was 6'6". <laughs> Going into my sophomore year, I grew, I grew a lot of inches, man, in over a two-year period of time. And so my, just my love for it, it just, it just changed. I mean, people ask me which one, I, man, I still, everybody's, man, you crazy sitting there watching a base. I still watch baseball because I love baseball. But, really? Uh, I'm a baseball fan, but basketball is my love now. And uh, it's just something that just happened over time, man. I mean, like all my friends, we were like, I'm always been a little taller than them. But by high school, I was a giant. And so oh. I got more into basketball, uh, really, when I got to high school. Okay. So, wow, interesting story about how you got into basketball. So how, how did the name X, X-Man, how did that, that nickname come about? Well, Xavier 
wasn't a very, it wasn't a common name back in the 60s. Hmm. And my grandmother couldn't pronounce Xavier at first. So she said, I'm gonna call that little <laughs> Joker X. And that name stuck. And as I got into high school and I was balling out during my junior year, I think it was my junior year, some reporter said, X-Man does it again. Mm. But that's not even my original nickname. What was your original? My original nickname is Mountain Man. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Everybody everybody in my neighborhood called me the Mountain Man. They said I play like Bill Walton. So oh. I got the nickname as the Mountain Man, like ninth grade. And that name stuck with me. So if I'm in an arena and you say Xavier, I probably won't look. But if you say Mountain, I'll look because I know that's somebody that, that actually physically know me. Cause you know how fans can be. Yeah, uh, yeah. Screaming, but that was my that was my original nickname, the Mountain Man, and um, then it then it became the X Man. So um, those are the two nicknames that I go by. But here, mostly everybody called me Mountain or X. Here, very rarely someone called me X Man. Wow. Usually when I'm in New York, Seattle, Chicago, you know, anywhere I travel, L.A. What's up, X Man? Here in Columbia, what's up, Big X? What's up, Mountain Man? <laughs> That's what they call me here. Legend, man. That name, that name has stuck with you forever, man. And and that's what you that's what you're known as the X Man and Mountain Man. What what's the difference between? Because I've met X, I've seen X on the court, intimidated man, baller. He'll get in your head, but I've also seen Xavier off the court, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. What's the difference between the two? Well, the X-Man is a myth. Mm. And basketball, I'm just out there trying to display my talent, outplay the next guy. I mm. also try to win the game. And so, you know, when I step on that 94-foot court, it's all about basketball, nothing else. I'm, I'm zooming in. I'm zooming in, I'm zooming in, and I'm ready to go. Uh, Xavier, he's just a laid back guy, but he can get a little wild now, because I had my wild days in high school and uh, and stuff, but um, I'm a little bit more laid back. I'm a little bit more outgoing. Uh, if you see me out, you'll see me like hanging out, partying. I tell people, I'm like with the people, man. I hang with the people, you know, so. You didn't see me with bodyguards. I ain't oh. crap. You know, I, I'm, I'm like Mike Tyson. You got to have bodyguards. You're kind of a coward. You know, <laughs> I go in LA, I'm by myself. You know, I'm with some friends, but you know, they just normal like me. They, they ex-basketball players. So I just hang by myself because I have no problem with no one. And and if I do have a problem, I just I know how to handle myself. Yeah, yeah, you did. And you, you didn't back down from anybody on the court, whether it was MJ, Bird. You didn't back down from anybody. Well, um, who who's the hardest person that you that you guarded? I can't just say who the hardest person, because it's just so many, man. I mean, I that that small forward in the 80s, man, that mid-80s when I came in the NBA, Oof. you had Mark Aguirre, you had Alex English. You had uh, Rodney McCray, you had uh, Jerome Kersey, you had Larry Bird, you had Bernard King, even though 
I caught Bernard after his ACL tear. You had um uh oh, some more guys. I'm leaving, leaving Kiki Vandaway. Yeah. I mean, you had a lot of guys, man. Every night you had Eddie Johnson with Phoenix, yeah, Sacramento and Phoenix. I mean, you just had so many different guys that that played so different. You had Dominique Wilkins, because I seen yeah. him in the All-Star game, and he said something to me, and he said, yo, motherfucker, you are, you're always talking that junk, and you didn't mention me, but you know I used to give you them numbers. I looked at him and said, I used to give you numbers too. He was like, but you didn't give them to me like that way I give them to you. So I can't remember <laughs> forgetting me. You know, it just, it's so many guys, man, that it's, it's hard to really, really say like who's the best and who's not the best, but it's, it's just so many great, great players. And then being, being a, a, a small four power for it, you know, guarding guys like Big Oak and, and, and then coming back guarding guys like Larry Nance and, and Mr. Mean uh, from Golden State. It's, it's just so many people, man, that you have to play against, man. I mean, it's, the, it, it's a tough, tough job, but it's the greatest job in the world. Wake up and play fucking basketball. Yeah, there we go. There we go. X is still the same, man. Still the same. Tell you like it is. How, how did you prepare, like, like mentally for your games? Because when you were on the court, you were, like, I was watching old clips of you against when you were playing with Boston. Y'all played against the Bulls. And, I mean, your post-up was just was phenomenal. You turn around, jump shot. You Like, you was giving Scottie Pippen couldn't handle you. Like, how did you prepare for these big games and knowing who you were going to match up against? Well, usually after shoot around, I go home, take me about a two-hour nap. I get up, and I put in whatever song is happening at that time. You know, let's say when I was in Boston, uh, MPD, was 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 it back then they had the head banger yeah play that and i was like yeah i'm gonna bang some heads I yeah yeah and i used to i used to play that and he they had another one um oh man it was a remix uh another song i used to play those two songs um and um i i used to get geek and i that's all i used to do i put it on it and that headbanger would play, and I'd be in the shower for like 20 minutes, and I'd get out nice and hot. I got a sweat going because the, the water was hot. I get to the, I'm on my way to the game. I still got a, got that song on, or, um, or, or whatever song is, is hot at that time, and, and I'm just in that groove thinking about what I'm gonna do. And I get to the gym, man. I, it's, it's like lights, camera, action. It's time to play, right. and that's how I went into the game. And uh, you kind of psych yourself out and stuff because uh, 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 you know you're going to, you know, especially if you have to, you know, back in the day, you got to maybe play a little power forward and you got to play Oak or Buck Williams. Oh, psych yourself out because those two guys going to knock your fucking head off. Yeah. So, you know, where Kevin McHale, if I was playing against him, he's not as physical, but he's way better scorer than both of them. Mm. You know, you ain't catching the forearms in the back of the head. You know, I mean, you're going to catch some elbows from Oak and you're going to catch some yeah. elbows from, from Buck Williams. So, you know, so it, it just all depends. I, I just try to get myself up, man, 
And now I trans, I, I, I say, I tell people I transformed from Xavier McDaniel to the X-Man. Mm. And now I, I just go out and I just play, man. You know, I, I play, I, I don't lift any weights. This is all, everything over here was always natural. You didn't lift no weights. I didn't lift no weights. Cause you, you were, you were in physical shape. Like you were cut up, you were strong. You lift, you lift no weights. No weights. Think about it. Have you ever seen me in the weight room? No. Nope. Nope. Never. They won't look at man. I ain't. I ain't, I'm stronger than anybody in the league. I may not lift as many weights as those guys, or like a Larry Johnson or Charles Oakley. I know or Mason, but I'm just as strong as them. You know. That's uh, a guy giving talent, that, man. I got that cock strong. I got that country strong. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is it true? Is it true? I think it was. They said in Seattle. I think they say you used to walk around the locker room like just bare bone, like showing them. <laughs> that is a that is an absolute, completely lie. Thank I, you for clearing that up. I never, I never walked around like my name was Long John Silver, and I got a towel wrapped around me. Now, Thank you for I'm clearing not, that I up. Never was in, I never, I never say I was in the locker room naked, but when women start coming into the locker rooms, uh, we would cover up. Yeah, and that's that's a myth, or what that mm. guy wrote in the book, because he didn't get it from me. I would like to know where he got it from. Wow, because that's, that's an absolute lie, that what I did, you know, and, and and I don't think anyone could say that in my face. Now, if that's something that happened, say it to my face, and and yeah. let me hear you say it. I just look up and I get all these messages about man. Da, 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 da. I said, man, we all got towels and robes, man. Because when the ladies start, more ladies start coming into the arenas doing reporting, yeah, like in the late 80s. So we everybody had robes or you wrapping yourself up with a towel. Yeah. So I uh normally I'm in the shower before the media even gets in the locker room. Hmm. So I don't I don't know where the fuck he got that from. But uh I'm almost about to be like Charles Oakley. I'm about to grab him and slap him until he <laughs> tell me. <laughs> but uh, that's 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 an absolute lie. Uh, well, thank you for clearing that up, man. I always say you can't believe everything you read in the media because sometimes right. they just put stuff out there for attention, you know. Right. My thing is, um, you know, with, with Oakley and you play with the Knicks, that '90s team. I remember because I was a ball boy with the Nets, and when when the Knicks used to when y'all used to come play the Nets, you guys were always suited. And it was so intimidating to see you guys suited up walking into that locker room. Like I was, I was, I was scared, but I would talk trash to y'all, but I was a little intimidated. Uh, and there was a lot of egos in that locker room. Was there anyone that you like didn't get along with? Cause when I was in the locker room, it looked like all y'all got along. Everybody was laughing. Y'all was talking. I didn't, I never saw anything that, that the media will always put. I always saw the total opposite. But was there anybody that you didn't like on the team? To be honest, everybody got along. That's, That's why I'm so shocked with what Oak been saying about Patrick, you know, because uh, we all got along. Me, Patrick, Mark Jackson, Starks, and Gerald Wilson, we all used to gamble. Mm. And we all used to be out on the plane gambling, or on the bus gambling and stuff. And we always had a good time. So I, I don't, uh, we, we just had a good time, man. It's one of the best groups, probably the best team that I ever played for. Mm -hmm. And 
besides maybe Phoenix because we won 55. But that year, man, you know, and I forgot about Chris Barnes. He was a tough, he was a tough guard for me. I don't know why, but he's always been tough. That I I, I don't know. I've always had a tough time, you know, with Chris. Uh, Chris used to, he was a wingman. He he would come at you either jump shot or yeah. or take it to the basket. Yeah. Motherfucker could jump. Yeah, he could he jump. Yeah, he did. But that's what that's what makes so that's what makes the NBA so good because of matchups. Matchups. Mm. That matchup favoring him. I mean, I had trouble. I always had trouble with Chris. Mm. You know? Uh, and um, but I I don't know where a lot of this stuff come from that we didn't get along. I don't know because of what Oakley been saying, but I've always felt like we all had a good relationship and stuff. Yeah, I, I like I said, I always saw that in the locker room, you know, when you were with the Knicks, everybody got along. I didn't see no beef, and um, y'all just seemed like a fun group, but when I say intimidating, me, I think I was like, I think I was like 16, 17, uh-huh. but to see you guys stand, y'all, the way y'all used to walk into the, off the bus and into the locker room, it was just intimidating, and everybody was dressed in a suit. Y'all came yeah. like y'all was ready for business. Y'all came in there ready for well, you know what you know why we wore suits. Pat Riley said we were high paid executives, and they didn't want us because everybody like wearing sweats and this and that. So he was like, "Nah, you got to wear a suit to the game. You can wear anything after the game, but you walk into the arena with a suit." So everybody had to wear a suit or and a jacket. Mm. So I mean. You know, you gotta, you know, you go to the game. We're making a lot of money. You know, you gotta, you gotta look good too. Yeah. Just as well as you're playing, you gotta look good. But I, 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 man, I love that team, man. I just wish that I had played longer uh, with those guys because I felt like we could have had something special. Yeah, I could. Unfortunate. Why? You know, why they force you? I, I, I don't think anybody can understand why they force you out. I don't think they forced me, but they forced my hand. Mm. I got a call from, I can't remember exactly which guy from the media. And he said, Xavier, call me on my cell phone. Cause I had a cell phone since like 1987. <laughs> and so he called me on my phone and he's like, you know, they're going to, they, they're going to, they're going to dog you out, dude. I was like, you think so? I said, they told me they wanted to get a player. He said, look, man, they about to bring Charles Smith in. and." He told me this two days before it hit. Because, mm. you know, management, management don't do but tell the media what they want them to know. Mm-hmm. And Charles Smith was coming in. And, and when I realized that he was coming in, and now it's almost September, I haven't even signed. You know, July 1 is the signing date. And I just got in my mind that they were going to jerk me around. And mm. so... I, I went to Boston. That's the first place I went. I supposed to stop in Chicago, but I never made it to Chicago. And I just I wound up signing with Boston. And you and you were averaging like what 20 plus points with Boston too. No, no, I was I was I was I started off strong, but we were losing. And so I was like, Chris, you know, basically y'all got the same team, man. I'll go to the bench. He said, You sure? I said, Yeah, I'll go to the bench. And man, when I went to the bench. It dropped my average. It dropped my minutes in play. But we started winning games. We won 51 games that first year. Mm. Just happened that Reggie Lewis had a heart element. Uh, yeah. 
uh, problem, and and we wind up losing to Charlotte. Beat them in game one, lost game two, three and four to Charlotte, and we should have should have won game four. I'm like Chris, we got an extra timeout. We got on the bus. Uh, Jensen looked it up and said X was right because I remember when we were playing Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Portland called two timeouts in order to advance. If you get the ball and you dribble and you call a timeout. In order to advance it, you got to call another timeout. A lot of people didn't know that rule, but I knew it. I was like, just call a timeout. Chris didn't call the timeout. We got on the bus. They looked up the rule, and, and I was right. Wow. And we could have won. We would have won that game because now Rick Fox wouldn't have got that uh, ten second call. They would have had to foul us, and, and we were a pretty good free throw shooting team as a team. I think we shot like 75, 76 as a team. We we probably win that game. But mm. you know we didn't. So, wow! And then Reggie died, and then the team just went. Yeah, yeah. God, God bless Reggie, man. Yeah. What What were your practice? What was those practices like? Either with with Boston and with New York? Because I mean, totally different. <laughs> totally different. I don't. Totally I, don't different. I don't think fans understand like how competitive practices are, especially with teams like Boston and New York. What was those practices like? Man. Practicing in, in New York was hard, grueling. And I mean, we would go three hours with normal practice, only two hours, sometimes three and a half. And then he wants you to go down and lift weights. I was like, man, I don't lift weights. So they was like, well, we're going to find you. I was like, well, all right, fine. But then when they told me what they were finding me, I go down there and I said, what do I have to do to minimum? Mm. And, and Greg, I think his name was Greg, was our strength guy. And um, yeah. I was like, what's the minimum? He said, 135 pounds, just come down every day, just get your points. And I come down when I get my points, I wouldn't come back. Oh, they, oh, there was point, there was a point system. You're right, points system. And if I didn't get those points, then they find you. And I wasn't giving nobody my money, man. I, I show up to practice on time. I show up to game on time. If I get in a fight, I mean, I pay that fine, but I'm not giving you no fine like missing the bus. Yeah, something stupid, you know. I'm, I'm, I tried to be a professional on that, but uh, uh, practice was tough, man. Sometimes three, four hours. I mean, I went all the way down to college weight, man. I was, I came into the league at 205. When I was playing with New York, I was like 200 pounds. Mm. I was college weight, but Boston was totally different. We did our little drills. And then we scrimmage. And we scrimmage with what we're going to do in the game, how we're going to do, what we're going to do. If we play in New York, we want to do a lot of turns. We want to do uh, some things. And that's what we worked on. It's almost like a scrimmage. We get out and scrimmage. First one, 10. Mm, We've had two or three games of 10. And practice be over in two hours. And then, you know, if, it's a, if, if, if everybody was playing well and things went a little quicker, then we went back into drills where we did post-up drills, Guards did their shooting drills. Big guys did their drills and stuff like that. And then run suicides and then go home. Mm. What now? What? Um, Cause you talked a lot, you know, on the court, what was the craziest trash talk you ever said? Cause I know you got into it with Jordan, you know, you got into his face. There was a couple other, a couple other uh, players, but what was the craziest trash talk moment for you? And what did well, you say? My trash talking, it depends on who we playing. 
and we playing Michael, I go talk shit to the referee. When Michael <laughs> over there talking to the referee, I walk over there and say, y'all get that motherfucker all the calls. If he that goddamn good, don't call shit for him. If he that good, he don't need your help. And the referee look at me, stop this, baby. I said, no, I, I like Hugh Evans. I said, Hugh, he don't need your fucking help, Hugh. Tell Michael, you don't need his help. Mike would never say nothing. He would just look at me. I said, tell Hugh you don't need his help. Because he knew. Tell him you don't need his help, motherfucker. And um, <laughs> Mike, they just laugh it off. But I just, you know, it just be in the moment, man. We just, most of my trash talking is in the moment, you know, yeah. where, you know, uh, I'm getting Scotty a little bit because everybody knew at that time you could rattle Scotty. So you try to rattle him, talk to him, and Mike try to come in. I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck you want to do then? And, you know, we just go back and forth, man. And uh, it just, you know, when you're in that heat, heat of the moment, man, you, you say anything. You know, I never talk about anybody, mother. I listened to GP on a podcast. He said he talk about mom. I swear, it, I said, boy, if Gigi's going to talk about my water walk, <laughs> That one, that's what I mean. He would have had to get his boys. We would be all some fights, son of a bitches. I think you draw the line on certain things, wives and, and mothers. Man, you talk about my daddy, you know, you don't talk about people, mama. Nah, that's, how, nah, that's fighting, like that. that's fighting words. But no, you know, most of the time, you know, like, you know, like Bird, I remember one time he said, Oh, shit, X, I'm about to tear your ass up, and uh, it's the fourth quarter. I said, shit, I've been waiting on you all night, motherfucker. I said, you better look up that that's cool. And we was kicking their ass too. And he thought he was gonna come out. I was all over his ass. Cause he had like 42 and my grandmother had died. I didn't play well. And I didn't even really guard him really because uh, uh, Derek McKee was guarding. Mm. And that motherfucker had like 42. And my mom was like, ooh, everybody saying Larry Bird bust your ass for 42. <laughs> And I was like, uh, so when he got to the next game, Bernie Bickerstaff said, X, you got Kevin McHale. I said, hell no, I don't. I got Larry Bird. If motherfucker's going to say he scored 42 on me, he going to score all 42 on me. Fuck that. I ain't switching a nut. And I, I think I held him to nine points that night. And because um, Bernie was like, you want him? I said, man, I ain't scared of no motherfucker. <laughs> I grew up, I ain't scared of nobody, dude. So... I held Birdie. I heard I held Birdie to nine that night, but that fourth quarter he was like, "Oh, is it about to light your ass?" Up. I said, "Man, I've been waiting on you all night," and I finished with like thirty something that night. So uh, that was one of my comebacks with him. But man, uh, you know, you just—I don't think I have anything that's just outstanding. That's just a few things that that happened throughout the course of the game. Yeah, but I remember one time. Oh yeah, here's one. I was talking, I said, oh, I got a little one, Danny Ainge. <laughs> he looked up, I'm like, yeah, you do got a little one. <laughs> I said, man, get the hell out of here, man. Yeah. Didn't y'all used to say Mouse in the House? I think it was a nickname. Mouse in the House. Mouse yeah. in the house. <laughs> we used to put Sherman. Sherman Douglas. In the post. And boy, we used to be like, hot soup, motherfucker, hot soup. Hot soup off of uh, um. Shawshank Redemption with, with Morgan Freeman. Hot yeah. soup. Hot soup. And Sherman, his little short uh, self used to be down there, man. And he used to be killing David Wesley. And we used oh. to be talking trash. Oh, my. Oh, David Wesley, man. 
There was so many nicknames. The 90s was so much fun, man, with basketball, with y'all trash talking, the, the lango on the court. Do you, do you feel like you're an underrated player? Because do you feel like people judged you because of your antics and they didn't judge you because you had a you had a really great game, man? Like you had a – the position you played, you played yeah, – you... I, think, I think a lot of people under, underestimate me as a player. Even basically when I was playing, because even when I was averaging 20 something, I never made the all-star team, but once I, I felt like I was, cause I ever 17, I felt like I should have been rookie of the year. And me and Patrick always have this discussion when we are talking, always asking how my trophy doing. Man, that's oh. Patrick, you miss, you miss 32 games. I miss none. So you take my 32 worst games and my average and my rebound average is just as good as yours, if not yeah, better. Yeah, And yeah. so um, I felt like I should have been rookie of the year and I come back. The All-Star game is in Seattle. I average in 23 a game. Dale averaging 24. Tom averaging 24. Um, and I felt like one of us should have been on the All-Star team yeah. or two of us should have been on the All-Star team because it was in our city. And so... They don't pick nobody. Then Ralph Sampson get hurt. Tom Chambers get elected. And then the next year I make it. And then the next year I come off the bench. Bernie Bickerstaff, for what odd reason, only he could tell you why he brought me off the bench that year. I still average 20, almost 20 and a half points a game. And don't even get six man of the year. And I lead crazy. The I led all six, six man scores in scoring and rebounding that year. That's great. That's, that's what I'm saying. No Phenomenal. Because everybody said they see me as a starter. So I started 10 games, the last 10 games of the year. And then I come back the next year and average 21, don't make it. So I come back again, I'm averaging about 22 before I got traded. So uh, I don't worry about it. It's just when you see the people that you played against, they know who the players were. Mm -hmm. They know who the, the guys that could put the ball in the bucket. You know, people mm -hmm. ask me all the time, am I a Hall of Famer? Well, I may not be a Hall of Famer with NBA standards, but when it comes to overall for what I did in high school, what I did in college, be leading the nation in scoring and rebounding and basketball, I could always go in as a contribute to basketball. Mm. And so, um, but, 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 but I, I would not change anything except for one thing in my whole career. That's okay. when I hurt my knee and I played on a bum knee for like five months. Mm. When, I, when I tore my meniscus and the cartilage under my knee and I played from February, from January to May, I played with a bum knee. Now I would have went and had the surgery. That's the same year I made the All-Star. I would have went in and had the surgery if I had to do it all over again. Mm. Mm. That's the only thing. Other than that, I, I wouldn't change nothing. You know, I, I kind of feel like the NBA should have like a they should have a power players category where they they honor guys such as yourself who are power players in the game. They might not want to recognize them as Hall of Famers, but they should recognize them as power players and give them some type of award. There should be some type of like category because I just feel like there are guys like you such as yourself that need they should give that recognition to. Right. And um, I don't know. I think the NBA should they should have something like that. Well, you know, a lot of people, you know, like right now, I think they got the Carl Malone as the best rebound in college basketball goes the Carl Malone, Carl Malone Award. And I'm sitting there like, well, 
I was way better rebound than him in college. I mean, I understand that he had a 20 year career, great, great player, great guy too, you know? Uh, yeah. But I felt like just being a two time rebounding champion, over 1300 rebounds in college, you know, I felt like if it wasn't West Unsell at that position being named, it should be me. Mm. But I don't, I don't, I don't look for nothing. I don't ask for nothing. I just, I just appreciated the game, but I just know that sometimes when you got Hall of Famer by your name, a little bit more is thrown at you and stuff. So, uh, but for me, hey, like I said, you start talking about people and say, no, we want to know the real motherfuckers who can play. You know, everybody talk about Doc and Mike. Now we won't know these other, you know, people don't may not always talk about Vernon Max. Vernon Maxwell was a hell of a basketball player. Yeah, he was a great you guard. Yeah. yeah. You know, so people don't talk about Rodney McCray. Versatile. He's he's Scotty Pippen before Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Scotty Pippen just got six rings. Yeah. You know, uh, people like Purvis Short. Oh, you know, the rainbow shot. Yeah. Now, I got out on that list earlier. I mean, Purvis shot had a hell of a shot. Then you yeah. you got like an Alex English who left off to 75. Uh, um, uh, um, He's with Denver. Anniversary team. I mean, um, I just, I personally think, you know, it's just what I think. I think guys that were still playing today shouldn't have been on that list. I agree. That's not taking nothing away from anybody on that list because that's a hell of a list. Yeah, but when people start saying, "Well, people say, well, uh, Bill Walton," and so now you got to, you know, you got a lot of other players. I'm trying to think of the kid that played for for Philly that went to Rutgers, six uh, nine. He got hurt, and he was a hell of a player. Played for Cleveland, I think he played for New Jersey for a minute. He was about six nine. He went to Rutgers. Came out about two or three years before me, man. He used to dunk the hell out that ball, you know. But it, it, okay. it it's okay. been a lot of great players. I just can't think his name right now. Roy Henson. Oh yeah, Roy Henson. Roy, Roy Henson. Henson. Man, Roy Henson, one of the best players. But what happened to him? Knee injury. Knee injury. So a lot of guys like myself, knee injuries that happen to us because when once the knee and the, the old I got, I start losing a lot of my athletic ability, mm. and so. You know, you 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 make the rule for one person, but you don't make it for all. And mm. but I, you know, some of those guys that I'm naming, I felt like they should have been on there. I'm not taking nothing. I love LeBron. He's one of my favorite players. Westbrook, Harden, all these guys. But I just don't think they should have a a, a list with people who are currently playing. I agree. I think That's it should true. be former players because now your career is over with. I mean, LeBron's career is coming to an end soon. Next, hopefully, he probably play another two or three years, but he's still playing. And if you're still active, then I think they should have waited when it came to the top 100. And some guys like Purvis Short, Alex English, I felt like they should have been on there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I definitely agree because you're putting the new guys on there, the guys today, you just basically removed guys who – were basically there that who came into the game to help, you know, these next players. So right. you're not giving the guys from the previous years their their credit, their due credit, you know, what, to whatever whatever reason they did it, that was their reason. It's just what I think. Yeah. You know, I, I have no issues with 
nobody on the top 75 because everybody's great players. Some players, you know, people talk about people being bust and people, we don't know what happened. We don't know what was going on in the locker room with a lot of people, you know? And so uh, a lot of people get caught up, you know, uh, when they get to the league and they forget what got them there, you know? So I don't, I don't try to say people are bust or or anything like that. You know, I I like to say I bust your ass though, man. I don't, I don't like to really talk down on, on, on the guys, but I, I really, I, 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 I truly enjoy basketball. Uh, people be wanting to see that the grind, but people don't realize these guys make $41 million. Some probably making $45 million. You can't be having uh Steph Curry get clothesline like back in the day. And if you didn't get up back in the day, they start saying you soft. Yep. But these guys, Today, if they got a little injury, they able to sit out because you know the NBA looking out for that forty-one million dollar investment. Yeah, they're trying to get something back. Where I mean, think about it: seven hundred fifty thousand dollars forty years ago was a lot of money too. Yeah, but think about forty-one million, <sighs> seven fifty. Come on, you know now if you don't play hurt when I play, management and the coaches start putting that room out. You're a little soft. Yep. Guys had to play hurt. Yep. So, uh, I today, uh, I, I, I don't mind the resting uh, if it's at least it's in advance in case fans want to come to the game to see a LeBron or, or Anthony Davis or Westbrook or Harden or KD or anybody like that, or Kyrie Irving. I just think that, you know, they should at least give them in advance. But I never, I tried not to rest. If I could, if I could play, I could play. That's just the way I play. That's what probably why I walk around here with a limp now, like I've been in the military. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's the way it was in the 90s. Y'all were tough. Like, yeah. even when, when you were with the Knicks, it was no holds barred. You you came in the middle of that lane, you get knocked. Oh, you get cracked. I, I mean, Oakley and Patrick cracked me one night. I, I don't, don't, don't Patrick. And I told him, I told you I was going to get you. Sean said it real good. Man, I went and we ran it like a man, couple. Him and Oakley hit my leg on the floor. I said, God damn, if I get up, God damn, it's on. But they knocked the crap out of me. And, and, and you know, we all laugh about it, but uh, the game was physical. Yeah. Have, only thing I don't like, I don't like all the handshaking after 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 the game. I, 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 that, that bothers me a little bit. Yeah. Changing jerseys. But yeah, it was never, it wasn't I, like I that, know, man. I know the, culture has changed Yeah, where these guys grew up on the AU circuit playing against each other and they know each other. Who did I know in the NBA before I got to the NBA? Nobody. Nobody. I met Gerald Wilkins. We played in a textile tournament. He remembered the textile tournament. He didn't remember him. And I quietly told him, I bust your ass off. <laughs> he was on the Georgia team with Joe Ward. I was on the South Carolina team. And it was mostly like teams from Tennessee, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida. And mm. it was a tournament. And it was after our high school uh, league was over with, after we won the state. So he said, I don't remember you, ex. I said, well, I, I remember you, because everybody said you was Dominique's brother. And I, Joe Ward, because he went to Clemson. So and I knew Joe Ward from down in Milledgeville, Georgia, basketball camp down there. So uh, didn't I didn't know many people uh, that came out. I knew... Um, Wayman Tisdale, mm. 
God bless um, Raymond Tisdale. We went to BC camp together. Mm. He was a junior. I was. He was a rising junior, a rising senior. Oldest Thorpe. Ooh. So Thorpe. those were about the only guys that I knew. Uh. I mean, I mean, um, we just did not. You know, you, you go to camp, and that's it. You 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 remember a guy, and how I remember Wayman because we became friends at the camp. We used to also eat together and stuff. But man, these guys, they grow up playing from eight years old to 17. So I I don't fault them for it. It's just that, you know, I lose to you. Like me and Tyron Corbin grew up together, right? (laughs) And we would talk right before we come out. When I come out and shoot, we'll talk for a minute. And we didn't talk no more during the game. I was on him, he forearming me. And then I would walk over to the locker room afterwards and then we go eat. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with these guys. I think a lot of guys have it because, you know, like I think Barkley said it best. I was probably born about 20 years too too early, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think LeBron <laughs> born in like 85 or something. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we're 60, I'm a 63 baby. So, Maybe just born a little early, but I mean, it's what it is. I mean, 20 years from now, I'm in my seventies, you know, guys gonna be making a hundred million dollars. It's gonna always change. It's you know, insane. Think about Doc. Doc then probably said some things about us coming through. Yeah. You know, and, and and a lot of the old guys, Rick Barry, and the way we were being treated. So that's true. That. So I wish all the guys well. I wish they make as much money as they goddamn can. Mm. How how has basketball helped you later in life? Well, it's helped me to do what I want to do. I don't have a particular job that I go to every day. I kind of do what I want to do mm. financially for myself, for my mother, for my father, who both has passed since then. My sisters, my brother, it, it, it's, it's given us it's given us a, a very very good comfortable life. Because you you were you were never um, a flashy guy. Like you were always kind of like humbled and quiet. You didn't have like a lot of excessive jewelry or. I still don't. No jewelry. Yeah. I, I, I never saw. That's it. I never saw you like. Yeah. I just, I just never got into the flashy stuff. It was just never me. I, 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 I grew up. I didn't have a lot of things. And my grandma used to always tell me money, money. You ain't never had. You can't miss it because you ain't never had it. So how can you miss it? Mm. And so when I did get some money, I would rather see my sisters, my brother, my mom, and my dad happy. Because mm. if they were happy, then that what made me happy. You know? Yeah. And then I got, you know, five children now. I just want to make sure that everybody was taken care of. Wow. That's all that's all I want. For me, it didn't even really matter. Hell, I got the same pair of jeans on today that I had on <laughs> yesterday, you know. I take them off when you look at home and take them off, sit them on the couch. I, shit, I may put the motherfuckers back on tomorrow. That's just me. Yo, people, are, and for y'all watching this, y'all don't understand. X is the same guy that I met when I was a ball boy. He's just like the same character and the same funniness, like just hilarious, man. My, my last thing, when you play with the Nets, this is like, this was after. The Knicks didn't sign you, and I think you yeah, went overseas. Right. The Nets have signed you. What made you sign with the Nets after the Knicks did 
didn't sign you. No. Uh, when the Knicks didn't sign me, I went to Boston. Oh, you went to three. Oh, you went to Boston? For three years. Then I went overseas. Then I came back. I got a call from Calipari and Don Casey. And oh. They wanted me to come up. And it was between them and Miami. Pat Riley wanted me to come up. I mean, come down to Miami, South Beach. And uh, I just told Pat, Pat, if he could guarantee me any practices, wasn't going to be so severe, <laughs> I would come. He couldn't guarantee it. So I went to, I went, I went to New Jersey. <laughs> you, I mean, at that time, I'm 30, 33, 34 years old. And the knees weren't the same. Uh, my weight was down. I was back down to like 210 pounds. And so uh, I, I went to Jersey. And then uh, Benoit got hurt. That's why they called me. Yeah. He tore his Achilles and they needed a small forward. And so uh, that's where I came in at. But shit, I wound up playing the power forward because they brought in Reggie Williams also. Yeah. And then they realized, well, you know, actually played a four too. Uh, so. You know, I just play with it. I could play, you know, like I tell them, you know, no matter, I play the guard position too. As long as I'm playing, it didn't matter where I was playing. I just wanted to play. So, um, so I had my choice between Miami and, and, and Jersey. 12 year career. I mean, you put up numbers, you played for some great teams. And like I said, your legacy in the eighties and nineties are, are undeniable. And I truly hope the NBA gives you you know your props and, and recognize you for what you did in the game man and I, I thank you so much for for coming on here and being right. a guest on power players podcast i know you got to get back to your family man i don't want to hold you too long well anytime man you got my number and i ain't like a lot of guys i don't always say that when you call me well i gotta store you in because uh if, if my iphone thinks that you're a spam call so to send you the voicemail, but you see, I call you back. You call me back. You call me now, it'll rain. But, hey, um, have you ever thought about writing a book? Well, right now I'm thinking about doing a, a documentary of my life. Because uh, I, I think I got a pretty good story to tell, man. I, I, got I believe you do. And that, you know, the way I grew up, what my parents did for a living. Uh, they were bootleggers. So I, I, I got a story to tell. And I, I think right now at 59, I'm ready to tell it. I had some people to approach me and I think we're gonna start working on some things, man. Uh, uh, and that is a true story. You call anybody in Columbia, I tell you, my parents were bootleggers. Ooh. Even while oh. I was in college. Even while you were in college? All the way up until my senior year. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I would love I would love to watch that documentary. We're working on that. We're working on that, trying to get everything right. So hopefully within the next year or so we got we got it coming out. Well, I, I wrote a book, a ball boy's journey and memoir. I wrote it last year. Um I, it got some good reviews. I actually took it off the market because I wanted to revise it, you know, get it done by an editor because I just felt like it it needed to be a little bit more stronger. Uh -huh. So I'm going to um, come out with a revised edition within the next couple of months. Hopefully by June, it'll be ready, but uh, I'm going to send you a copy once, once, you know, once it's ready to be released, I'm going to send, I'm going to mail you out a copy, man. Okay. Yeah. Let me know. I'll send you my address. I definitely will. Man. Same house for 27 years too. 
Same cell phone for about 25 years. Man, don't change. Man, don't change. Man, I, I really yeah. do hope they do a documentary about you. I think, I think. Yeah, yeah we're working on it. We're working on it. We're wow. It. Yeah, you heard it here first. Yeah, just, just, just this week, I think it was the Thursday, Monday, I was talking to him and I, and, and we, we're going to start working on that. I don't, I don't know how we're going to do it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we do it in three parts, growing up, yeah. in the college days, and then the pro days. The pros. Yeah, you know, instead of just trying to do one hour and just put it all in. Uh, I think you got a great concept and I think you should go with that concept. Yeah. Doing it in three parts. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because it'll make people more more intrigued to keep watching to see what happens in the next part. I think that's a that would be a great look. Yeah, man, we're trying to get it right. I'm trying to get it right. Well, I, anytime, I, I anytime, just call me. I'll be more than happy to come on anytime. Thank you. Thank you, X. I, I appreciate you so much, man. Um, thank you for being a guest on Power Players Podcast. Take care. God bless. All right. All right. Thanks. Soundstripe.